Artist, the only podcast on the planet Earth that the face of Bo listens to. I am your host, Mark Turcotte, and joining me as always, my kindergarten classmate, Mr. Chris Maselli. Chris, what's up, man? Mommy. Oh, God. Give me nightmares. <laughs> Creepy. Yeah, we got a good episode in store this week, man. Uh, Excellent. Yep. For you guys that are new to the show, thank you here for tuning in. We are the Tardy Tardis. We are a podcast of two guys who've never watched Doctor Who traveling through time as we begin at the beginning and this time on this episode we are talking about the empty child this is episode nine from season mm. one chris what are you thinking of this i one, was man? excited to get to this because uh if you are a frequent listener at the end of our uh summary when we kind of go through the episode we always do the wikipedia thing <coughs> excuse me and uh, every episode, it says something or sometimes alludes to if it was nominated for something, but it always lost out to th- this is the first of two parts, this and then the doctor nice. dances, I believe it's yes. called. Yep. So I was always looking forward to this because this these were the episodes that everybody the kind ones of like that come up, giving yeah. awards and talking to my Doctor Who people. They were like, when you get to those two episodes, you're you're going to be hooked. I mean, we're already pretty we're much already hooked, hooked, but um, well, you know, yeah, before we so. go any further, before we go mm. any further here, we're jumping in right now. Uh, we yeah. get an email, Chris. We got an email. I know. I so like if emails. you guys want to email us, you can email us the tardytardis at gmail.com. You can find that link down in the show notes. And this email comes to us from Samuel Gilbert, and he says, "So y'all asked this episode. I think he's talking about our Father's Day episode. Mm-hmm. Is the Doctor evil?" says, as you keep watching, you'll see that question really starts driving his character. He says, also, when I'm introducing people to the Doctor, I always show them Dalek, Father's Day, and then the empty child, Doctor Dances. Okay. So he says, if those episodes don't make you a fan, nothing will. Right. So, so my question is, uh, what was the beginning of that? You said, we asked the question, is the Doctor evil? Is the Doctor and he said evil, if, yeah. And his response was, if you keep watching, Yeah, you'll see that the question answered- really starts driving his character. Is that this this season, or is that Which like doctor? Right. I mean, we still don't know if these doctors are the same doctor, just they look different, mm-hmm. or if is it a completely different person? We don't know. But I, don't I don't know. know. So that's my question back to you. Is that getting answered? We have five more episodes to go in this, in this season. Yeah, as far as we yeah. know, with Christopher Eccleston. So right. So we do not know, but no. I don't know. We, we, we got some more uh, introduction of some other time travelers or time traveler in this mm-hmm. episode. So uh, of, of, of big importance from yes. uh, from our research. Yep. We'll talk about other, that. Yeah, we'll get that. Yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. But overall impressions. We always start the show talking about our overall <laughs> impressions of the episode. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Is this the greatest episode of all time? Last week stopped that streak. Yep. Even though it was a fantastic episode. We're back on We're back. that streak yeah. right now because this was great, dude. This was a really creepy. I love the time period. Not yep. that I like the you know Nazis dropping bombs on anybody. Not that, but just uh, the the way that they made it look. Like the one scene where Rose and uh, the, is, is it Jack? I Jack. Say? Yeah, Jack. Harkins. When they go like on top of his ship and they're in front of Big Ben, it looks like comic booky. It does. Yeah, it almost you know like the I mean? Watchmen, like something you're watching on yeah. the Watchmen. Right. Like yeah. I thought they 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 nailed the look of it. Um and then just from a story aspect, really really cool. Like just Yeah. Kids are creepy when when they are playing that creepy role. And mm-hmm. they, they this this 
thing here in the gas mask is uh, mm. a great creep factor, and yeah. it was awesome. I, I just this one was I, I think back and I think I talked about it on one of the earlier episodes how we we actually began watching Doctor Who years ago and only got right. through like two or three episodes with the kids, and yeah. this episode right now would freak my daughter out. I was watching yeah. it and I was like, you know what? I'm kind of glad we we never even got to this point. I mean, she's nine now; she's gonna be ten in just a few months. But when we did this, she was probably like six. This one would have gave her nightmares because it was almost giving me nightmares, man. Like, <laughs> it was pretty. This one was creepy. This yeah. little kid just constantly saying, "Are you my mommy? Are oh you my God. mommy?" And like right. calling on the phone, and then you see him with the gas mask, and he's reaching through the door at one point, and. It's just this episode is weird, but like I even like how you said even the the setting, the World War II setting, that almost has a I don't want to say Doom, but or not Doom, uh, Wolfenstein. I think remember like the Castle Wolfenstein games, and it was kind of as if like Hitler just really got into the occult and kind of won, and it was really this mm-hmm. this almost uh, steampunky type world. This right. kind of reminded me of that because when you see kind of the overlooking of, of London, there's these zeppelins all over and there's right. lights kind of just constantly going in the sky. It just had a really cool look and a cool aesthetic, I think, to the whole thing. Um, loved it. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Favorite episode so far, definitely. Yeah. I think Probably. so. I think so, man. We'll see. We'll too. We'll see the next one. The Doctor dances where it goes. But let's jump in here to this episode, <laughs> and it kicks off. As always, can we? I would love to go back and count how many of these episodes starts with the TARDIS breaking down or things exploding. Yeah. Like, is this maybe four out of the nine or five out of the nine <laughs> that that's happened in so far? Is the TARDIS ever just cool, or is it always just in mauve mean, alert? Is, is, is there like a smooth landing? <laughs> no, it's no. always yeah, it's always a rocky coming in hot type of thing it's always the doctor just like spinning dials and doing something crazy and smoking the yeah, camera's yeah, yeah. all shaky um but we also learned like i just said it's a mauve alert I'm talking mauve man this is yeah. a red alert humans we're the only ones that use it it's a universal thing in the galaxy in the universe to say mauve is the most extreme danger <laughs> what is up with that i don't know where they came that up with that but he even says that he goes all the uh, he's, he kind of like makes fun of like humans for using red yeah as the red alert, it's like that. No, like mauve is much more dangerous than red. Like, what the hell's the matter with you guys? <laughs> All right, I love too. We learned that they're on the time tracks that they're on. Right. So instead of like train tracks, there's actually time tracks. Time I mean, they're, tracks. They're chasing this giant thimble. It's kind of like what it looks like to me, kind of flying <laughs> through through these time tracks, and they well, crash into Earth. I mean, how do you follow a time track? Like, but I, why I do they? care about it so much what does he say does he say anything and like why they care about that little piece of shrapnel so much and they have to like why just let it go you know what i mean like you everywhere you've gone so far bad shit happens so if you think whatever you're chasing here is is something negative let it go and go somewhere else yeah, I just said, he said that, you know, uh, we're tracking it. It keeps jumping time time tracks. And she says, well, why are we chasing it? And he says, it's mauve and dangerous in about 30 seconds from the cen- center of London. So is it maybe just in their so, travel, they found this thing kind of on this track, and he saw that it was mauve and said, oh, man, I'm the doctor. I, I need to save that. I and need I, to go there? I need to go there because that's what he does. It's fantastic. He's always chasing the uh, chasing danger. Right. I don't know. I guess. I don't know. I mean, I guess that's his, his thing. Like, he has to find, like, the worst case scenario and try to go fix it. He's a fixer. Yeah. He's a Michael Cohen. 
Uh, he's a Michael Cohen. <laughs> uh, so then they do land in um, in London, and that's when we first get. Isn't this where we first get introduced to the psychic papers? Doesn't I mean we, we see they're being creepily oh. watched by something? But doesn't he doesn't he hand her the papers and he explains kind of what's what psychic papers are? Didn't that kind of come out of this conversation, or am I just? Yeah, no, it did. But th- but she knows what they are because he brought them up. A while ago, what oh, was the one right, 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 up? right, right? Yeah, he's showing who he, he is. He's the the minister of uh, what does he say? He is. He's. Uh, she says you're going to do a scan for alien tech. He says, yeah, we hit in the middle of London with a very loud bang, and uh, he says, I'm Dr. John Smith from the Ministry of Asteroids. Okay, <laughs> so that's what he's going to show people is the psychic paper. Yep. But she, but he brought wasn't that's the thing he brought up in I think the end of the world episode. Oh, was it, it was his it was his invitation to get to. Oh, in, that's how we got in. That? Yes, right. Right, right, right. Yep. So she, she's kind of like, uh, which is kind of cool to see because now Rose is like getting familiar with a lot of the mm-hmm. things that he does on a daily basis. Yep. Which so we do she, see kind of later on when she's talking to Jack Harkness and she's almost kind of like BSing him. But she when she says like we're time agents, like she's just kind of using a lingo that right, kind of being in the know she'd be able to do. Yeah. She's very skimming the surface on her responses, but she's bought into basically this lifestyle, I think. Yep. Um, so I think, and this was the first time in a couple times where she Mm. mentions, uh, Spock, like Star Trek. Yeah. Very. And, and that's in the wiki notes later on. So Mm. there's a reason why we're bringing that up. But but in the scene, this is where we start to see, uh, they, they basically split up in London, which somewhat like, why don't they ever just stay together? I don't know. Like we said before, if I was Rose and I was time traveling so far away from my family, yeah. I would never let him out of my sight. Oh my god, no. Ever. Or I would just stay like as f- close as I am to my microphone right now to the TARDIS. To the TARDIS. Because <laughs> I have a key to that. So I'm not moving anywhere from that. But not only that, like he goes into this what appear you know, this rundown building, and she stays back because she starts hearing the mommy. The mommy. The mummy. And she looks the mummy. And she looks up and it's just this dude in a gas mask. Why are you going out on your own there? Like, you are in a different time period. Have you forgotten that? Yeah. And it's not even like they're just at the end of the alleyway. They're way up on the top of a building. So, like, what would make you think, okay, I'm being separated from the guy who's bringing me through time. And I'm also going to climb this building and then climb this rope. (laughs) And then as the rope begins to lift me into the sky, I'm not going to let go. I'm going to let it bring me up over London. Yeah, right. Ah, it's so crazy. Yeah. Um, but I got to tell you, this is one of my favorite scenes, one of my favorite Christopher Eccleston scenes right here. <laughs> he gets up on stage, he walks into this club, and there's this music playing, there's a woman singing, very nice song, very basically setting the time period for the 40s. Uh-huh. And he gets up in front of this crowd, he's like, um, got to ask you a stupid question, uh, but has anything fallen from the sky recently? <laughs> and he's very serious, and he's just kind of looking, the way he's looking around, like, mm-hmm. And everybody, like, they don't really know what to say. And everybody just starts laughing. And he just yeah. kind of smiles, like, ah, yeah, yeah. But seriously, like, anything fall? It's almost like he's doing stand-up comedy. Yeah. Type of thing. Well, number one, he just doesn't have any shame. He just jumps up on stage. Yep. He's not, like, there's no introduction <laughs> to him. Um, and I think he says, so what's he say? He goes, can I have your attention for a mo? <laughs> Is that a Britain thing? It's got to be a British just, thing, man. Okay. And I'm sure we're going to get emails. Guys, email us. The Tardis Podcast <laughs> at gmail.com. Please tell us, is Mo a thing? Do, do, can Brits not say the full word moment? Yep. Do they, they shorten it or to Or do Mo? they look down on us for saying moment? Right. And it's just... But even, even his reaction 
when he walks in and she's singing, he just has those moments of like, I'll forget about what's going on in the world right now and just enjoy it. He's got this smile on his face like we've talked about before. And when she's done singing, he applauds and gives her. Yep. Like he just he can just be in the moment and forget about the outside world, even if it's for a couple seconds. I think I I think I need to go back and find every movie he's ever been in and just watch them. Just be, I love Christopher Eccleston now, dude. Like he's just he's classic. I know. I love this guy. Which, which has been what? What is he? I don't know, dude. What's all I know been? him from is well, he was in uh, was it Gone in sixty seconds? I think. He oh, was, that's right. Was, Weren't we talking about yeah, that? Yeah, he was in that, and then he was in the Leftovers. I watched him in on HBO, the HBO series. Ah, uh, really? That's it. Yeah, I don't know anything else, so I'm sure we can we can look it up. But well, Gone in sixty seconds was terrible. So. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but then it cuts back to Rose, like we had talked about. She climbs a building. She sees the little kid in the gas mask, uh, walks over. Well, hang on, because at the when he's doing the stand-up thing, he's asking. I don't know if you said this, but he he's asking, you know, did anything fall from the sky? People start laughing, and then the siren goes. Well, it, hold on, but it kicks to her, and then it cuts back to the club, and the siren okay, starts. Okay, okay. And then right. that, so then then he sees the sign saying, you know, if you hear the air horn, basically seek or uh, yeah, seek out cover. Uh, because again, we're in World War II. The Germans are doing bombing raids. So you're right. Okay, yeah, you're right. It jumps back and forth. Okay. But then here's the. She's climbing the rope to help this little kid from this balloon Zeppelin balloon thing. It starts taking off. She's yeah. only like five feet off the ground. <laughs> Let go of the damn rope. What are you doing, Rose? And on top of that, dude, I, I people that don't know, I do a lot of obstacle runs. I do Spartan races. And I gotta climb some ropes. There ain't no way in hell Rose is holding on to that rope for that on that long. I'm sorry, she ain't running Spartan races. She she's not doing those things. No. She'd be dead as a doornail. Rose should not be surviving here. Oh, that's Crazy. great. As soon as that thing moves, let go. <laughs> let go. I, I am not. I, I I'm no. I'm already on top of a building, and if I grab a rope that starts moving and lifts me up, yep. done. And and to the point to where you look up and see that it's attached to a balloon <laughs> that is going up into the the sky, which she clearly does, and then looks down. I'm watching her look down at her feet. Let go. What are you doing? I don't know. It's not like it's gonna carry you up to the little boy with a gas mask who's creepy as it is, anyways. <laughs> like, damn. Uh, but then it cuts back. So we see her, she gets over London, and I mean, I love the special effects in the show because they're so terrible. Yeah. They're amazing. So that's awesome. Uh, but then it cuts back to the doctor into the alleyway, and uh, he mentions here something kind of interesting. Did we do? Have we known before that he's been traveling for nine hundred years? Um, Did we have that actual time frame? I don't he says think that. so. I there's something that was nine hundred years in uh, the episode. I don't know the name of it now. The episode where they go up to the five hundredth floor and everything is for frozen. Yeah, yeah. There's something about that. Maybe like they were. I don't remember what it was. No, maybe that was 90 years. I don't think it was 900. Well, that was that was know. 90 years from when the aliens took over that right uh, station. The station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, 900 years he's been traveling. He says uh, over yeah, 900 I, years of phone box travel. I don't think so, we have known that to this point. And again, our question is: It him specifically, this doctor, or whatever embodies him? You know, we right. don't know. Yeah, but he. The great thing about like him this moment that he's having um it's with a cat that he just kind of picks up in the alleyway right yeah yeah and and he says what we were just saying like maybe someday you know somebody will get this whole quote not wandering off thing yeah 
because they all wander because that's yeah so at least it's like they're recognizing it i think that's the the show's way of saying like yeah we know we keep separating these two and you guys are probably like screaming at us like why are we doing that so we're just we're just recognizing that yep this is happening in every single episode um how do you think he knows it's been 900 years because like for us and this is like a science science like for us (laughs) a year is the time that the earth goes around the sun oh so 900 years in what increment? Of what? Like in in what? what? Is this 900 Apple asterisk 25? Yeah. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, is it? it right. Hmm. Wow. I'm, I'm calling shenanigans on that. I need to know. Yeah. I, is I he, is he like considering like Earth years? Yeah. What if his year is only like three of our days and he's only been doing this for like, I don't know, for, whatever the math. Do the math. Right. <laughs> 300 Excellent days. Excellent question. I think that needs to be. You don't have to – I don't want answers to these questions. Just email in and say, like, that will be solved just yeah. so we have some yeah. – or, or hit us on Twitter at Tardis Tardy. And, again, you can find the links in the show notes to that. Right, right, right. Um, I don't know. I just thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, but, interesting. But then we see something happening, and there, we can actually talk. There was some trivia. Do you have that on the IMDb page about the phone ringing? Because on Amazon Prime, when you watch it on Amazon Prime, um, they tell you some little tidbits. And the phone mm-hmm. on the Tardis itself actually rings. And did you get? Was that tidbit on the on the wiki page? Because um, the TARDIS telephone rang at least one other time in the original series in season three. The scene that bridges the Hall of Dolls and the dancing floor. I guess nineteen sixty six. The Celestial Toy Maker makes Stephen and Dota a call on the TARDIS. Hmm. That's the only other time. So here he is really? in a phone booth. The phone never rings. So this was like a big deal when this rang in this episode. <clears throat> Because he, wow. you know, the doctor's like, "Why is the phone ringing? Like the phone never rings on this thing." Yeah, and, well, it's uh, not a phone booth. Exactly. You know what I mean? It, it, so, I so like I was just saying in the in the in the lore and the fandom of Doctor Who, that doesn't happen. Never happened. It only but, happened one other time, and <clears throat> that was back in 1966, the original series. So, kind of hmm. kind of cool that in this reboot they they brought that back. Yeah, and it makes yeah. sense that they would do that because you know when we when we started doing the show and kind of like went how we do it and how we research things like they didn't know if this was going to be successful. Right. Yeah. So I think it was kind of like pull out all the stops type of thing. So make the phone ring. You know yeah. what I mean? Get people talking. So mm-hmm. uh, this is where cool. we get our first cool. shot of Nancy, who yeah. um, you know in this scene at least appears pretty creepy. She's telling him, "Don't answer the phone." And then he's yeah, like, "Why?" You know she is right now, so she's just there. Yeah, we have no idea. But then she's not there because then, like, he, right. he kind of looks away and looks back, and she's gone. Um, and then he picks up the phone, and that's when she's saying, "Mummy, mummy," right. or the you know the kid saying it. And he's like, "Hello, this is the doctor. How may I help you, <laughs> mummy?" <laughs> he's Hello? just talking like normal on the phone. Yeah. Who is this? Who's speaking? Yeah. <laughs> it's classic. Right. Are you my mummy? Oh, Who is this, <laughs> mummy? Oh, I love it. Uh, and he says, yeah, how did you ring it? This isn't a real phone. It's not wired up. So that was, a would you, would you have answered it? If there's a, a creepy girl who just appears behind you saying, don't, don't answer it. Uh, and you know, that phone is not supposed to be ringing. Uh, I mean, probably not, but if I'm the doctor, I do, that was and I that's have, my exact answer. And I have the sonic <laughs> screwdriver. Hell yeah, I'm answering that phone. Same reason he opens the door when the kid's there with a gas mask. Hell yeah. Yep, you're 100% right. That was that you stole the answer out of my mouth. Like normal civilian, 
nope, I'm you. Some yep. creepy girl told me don't answer it. I will run the opposite direction. <laughs> if I am uh, the doctor, I wouldn't even ask the question. I wouldn't even ask the question before she got there. Why is this ringing? I would just pick it up. Yep. Because I just feel like I'm indestructible. You know, it's one of the scariest phone ringing scenes of any movie. Just to kind of sidetrack it for a minute. Remember the Mothman mm. Chronicles? Oh. He's on the phone and it's like chapstick. Uh, yeah. And it's just, he looks at his chapstick. It's like, oh. Like that's what I was thinking. What if somebody texted you and said, don't answer your phone? And you look at your, your cell phone and it said, you know, you read that and then your house phone starts ringing if you have a house phone. Or then your cell phone starts ringing. That would be creepy. I wouldn't you know? answer that. That would be scary. Remember the movie The Ring? Yep. So remember like that you watched the, the snowy movie. the snowy screen yep. and then the phone would ring? Yep. I remember on the DVD <clears throat> in the extras, they have just the snowy screen. Oh, really? And I refused to watch it because <laughs> I, I said if my you never phone know what's gonna happen. happens to ring at that time, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm dead. So. so dead. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So the doctor goes running. Can't find the kid, but he knows something. Something's happening here. Um, and then we get footage of Nancy seeing a family <clears throat> go into a fallout shelter because the siren's going off. The bomb's getting ready to fall. And then we kind of get a glimpse of kind of what she's doing. She goes into this house and finds a hot meal, and we'll find out later. Genius idea for what kinda she's smart. doing. Smart. Yeah, very <laughs> smart. <clears throat> we don't yeah. really realize what she's necessarily doing here now. But long story short, hey, the bombs are going off. Bunch of homeless kids. Might die yeah. anyways, but what the hell? Yeah. We're just going to eat a hot meal, and they just yeah. go steal everybody's food that's on the table. Right. Right. Love it. Like, that's I know. genius. I wonder if that really happened, you know, you think. I was going to say, like, it's it's odd how this show is becoming, like, timely of what's going on today. <laughs> oh, God. Some people are kind of struggling right now. Maybe they're going to break into homes. And Need just some food. Well, if you ever look at your cell phone and there's a missile imminent coming in, then maybe you maybe <laughs> then run in someone's house and steal their food while they go in their bunker. Because <laughs> Jim Baker is selling them all their end of day food. If you knew that. Did you watch that? Uh, we're going to move on here. Yeah. <laughs> we're not going to talk about that. Cut back to Rose flying over London, still holding on to that rope with terrible form, I'm going to say, mm -hmm. by the way, to be able to continue yeah. to hold on. That's not how you climb a rope. Hook the and, leg. Yep, you got to hook the leg. Give yourself leverage. Uh, <laughs> but there's planes flying all over the place. And you can't tell me that if these planes were coming in and they see someone dangling in the sky, that they're either not going to shoot her down <laughs> or, <laughs> or just she's going to be eaten by a propeller. Like, I don't that's, understand it. Yeah, that's that's an easy kill for someone. And they would. Easy kill. They would chalk that up. Yep. You would definitely get an Xbox achievement for taking Rose out <laughs> hanging from the rope. Uh, but then it cuts to a who we find out is going to be Jack Harkness. He is looking out at this bomb raid. So you can see like the military is looking around. And a uh, guy comes out and says, Jack, you're going out of the shelter. You know, what are you doing? Uh, Jack sees Rose hanging, or Rose hanging <clears throat> and zooms in on her excellent bottom. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, I, I mean... Maybe it's just the times we're living in, but uh, I thought maybe at first he was referencing something else. Totally wasn't. He he was absolutely zooming in. Yeah, in totally. Not, man. I mean, yeah. it's a British show, man. Like, and I hate to <laughs> put that stigma on it, but other countries are much more loose with their television, <laughs> and especially 14 years ago or whatever this is right. now. Like, yeah. yeah. So, mm -hmm. yep. Zooming in on on Rose's excellent bottom. Right. And, uh, and, and well, he says something. Yeah, he's zooming in on it and there's a guy standing behind him yeah. when he says it. So the guy thinks he's talking about him having a nice bottom and he turns around and he, and he says, you know, well, you have a nice bottom, too. And I read somewhere that like this is the first time 
that he is like, I guess like bisexual or something like that. Oh really? Like yeah. In, in like his character is is mm-hmm. like the first bisexual male in uh, in the Doctor Who lore. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So. Cool. They, I don't uh, know how I don't know how much they go into it, but I guess yep. it's known that he is. So. Huh. <clears throat> but then we get cut to a scene of Nancy um, with a bunch of kids around a the table. They're carving the food that they're <laughs> they're uh, getting ready to eat. Um, don't really see much there other than that we just see Nancy doing her thing, eating the food. So we really don't know what's going on at that moment. Then it cuts back to Rose hanging from the rope, finally losing her grip. After minutes and minutes, she falls. And then she gets caught in a tractor beam yeah. of kind. So something we haven't seen anything like this yet so far <clears throat> on the show. And uh, someone starts talking to her. We obviously realize it's Jack. And uh, he tells her, and this is kind of our first tip that he may not be from this time as he tells her to shut her cell phone off yeah and it's like i didn't pick up on that at first i didn't pick up on i did right away man i'm like how does he know she has a a cell phone right i i just cell phones are ingrained in our society right now so i just didn't i know i'm watching a time travel show but for some reason i wasn't thinking like oh yeah that's how would he know that right and when i watched it again is when i picked up on it like oh Mm mm-hmm that's interesting yeah yeah right away i was just like yeah that's something's not right there and i love she even jokes about how like you know you back then you would go on the airplane and even still they tell you to you know they don't tell you to shut your phone off but shut off like your cell service basically um but back then it was like shut everything off you know the plane's gonna crash and so this was kind of like that same (laughs) thing and she's like oh people say that but it's not like it's ever gonna happen or i forget what the comment is that she makes but she kind of comments on that um but then we see rose fall into the arms of Jack Mm -hmm. and immediately is smitten by his chiseled jaw and his his good looks. And uh, he says, I got you. You're fine. You're just fine. And she just kind of looks at him and just, you know, is uh, totally just smitten Mm -hmm. by him. No, no, no surprise there. Yeah. We've we've talked about this before, Rose. (laughs) We got. We actually got a, a Twitter I, message. Do you want me to bring up the Twitter message right now? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay, so we got a we got a Twitter message, and we couldn't tell if this was joking <laughs> or not. So uh, I'm gonna give credit to where credit's due here. This is from at uh, uh, Deetwits22, and he says, uh, <laughs> "Oh no, 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 that's not him. Sorry, Deet, but thank you for listening. You're listening to the show." Um, ah, <laughs> oh, where it is? Uh, oh crap! I'm gonna miss it. You lost it. No, here it goes. Yeah, it was Deetwits. It was at Deetwits22. He says, you really need to stop calling Rose a slut. I have no idea WTF that is all about. That's all. I'm Uh, hoping that was a tongue-in-cheek comment, man. I mean, you got to watch the show if you don't know what it's all about, dude. I mean, we're just getting into this, and it's kind of clear as day. Well, I should – all right. Maybe if that terminology is a little rough, she's actually not, like, sleeping with these guys. Right. No. But – if um, the opportunity was there, I think she would take total advantage of oh, it. Oh yeah, she, I mean, you she's ready, I mean? man. When they're on this, when they're on his spaceship, yeah, or something like there's definitely she was ready to go here. And she kind of screwed herself. That's not a pun on words, <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> oh, she 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 uh, asked him a question like, "Should you really be coming on to me now?" And he was like, you know what? You're right. I, I probably shouldn't be. And she's like, well, she kind of like regretted saying yes, it. Yes, that's what. And that's why the, the part hell I was did you say about. it? If you're looking to score, like, why the heck did you say it in the first place? <laughs> if you're looking to score in an alien spaceship in the the bright <laughs> yeah. lights of Big Ben, come on, I mean, don't say that. Yeah, <laughs> obviously that's on her bucket list, and she had a chance to check it off, and she blew it. She blew it. 
but um, I don't know. Like she's then what? Then what can we call her? Like okay, we maybe we don't have to call her a she slut flirts. because she, she's very flirtatious. I think is the right term. All right, right. I mean, she'd be flirtatious. I just think it needs to be harsher than that because <laughs> if because she's in a relationship, so. Is she? Who are you talking, Mickey? Yeah, of course I'm talking Mickey. I'm I'm representing Mickey. Well, and that's true. Jack looks at the papers, the psychic papers, and mentions in yes. a relationship with Mickey. She's he says that. Right. So she is thinking that. Right. Oh, I don't know. So we got to come up with a term. <clears throat> well, us. email us or hit us up on Twitter. What you think right. Rose is, and I know there's there's many listeners out there. Let us know. What right. is Rose? Is she just doing the normal thing? <clears throat> to me, she's coming off very very. Very flirtatious. Oh, absolutely. Almost every I mean, man all, she meets immediately. Are all bets off when you're a time traveler? Like, are you... I mean, when, I guess. Why would given you, carte blanche to do this? You just but... go back in time, right? I, out of sight, out of mind to Mickey. Out of sight, out of mind to Mickey. He doesn't know. It is terrible. But there, it is terrible. <laughs> right. <laughs> she just needs to be with the doctor. In my head, she's still with the doctor. That's what yeah, I, I See, like, in the beginning, like, I think we both felt like it was going that way. Now, like, I just get the, like, brother-sister vibe yeah, from that. Yeah, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? As as the show has gone on, I think I maybe in the beginning. To I want them to be together. <laughs> I think they should. Throw Mickey in the trash. Because <laughs> he got eaten by a trash can. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. It's not the place for Mickey. <laughs> because it comes Mr. Hands. Plastic Face when you do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get back to the episode here. So it cuts back to Nancy at the table. I love this scene because they're going around. Everybody's taking one piece of meat. <laughs> And then who is sitting at the table but the doctor? Literally out of nowhere. Nobody knows how we got there. Uh, but he's there, and he's just in conversation. He's he's taking gravy or whatever it is, putting it on his on his meat. It's awesome. But he yeah. starts getting the the lowdown of kind of what's going on. Uh, right. He he figures out they're they're homeless. Uh, they ask him if he's a copper. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Does that mean a cop? Like a copper? Yeah. Like cop? Right? Copper. Yeah. Right. So yeah, they're asking yeah. If he's a copper. He's like, no, I'm not a copper. Not, he's not like a metal. That's what he's asking. <laughs> <laughs> that was a stupid question. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I want to like a copper he... badge. I don't know. <laughs> Damn it. I want to know how he got to that table because the way the room is set up, <laughs> the way he's at the end of the table and the entrance into this room, everybody would have seen him go know, sit man. where he's at. Does he have like teleportation powers? Or something? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. The screwdriver he like came in through the floor. I don't... <laughs> because literally in, in one scene they show where he eventually will be sitting and it's not there. And then they show the plate getting passed around and two people later he's there. All these kids were just engrossed by the meat. Could they be. didn't see him come in. They were just looking at that beautiful turkey. Yeah. Or ham. I don't know what it is. Whatever they're eating. Yeah. Which, by the way, this family is having an awfully nice meal in the middle of it. Oh, yeah. It's like Thanksgiving dinner. In the, it totally is. Yeah. yeah. On like a Tuesday night right before a German <laughs> bombing raid. Right. But you know what? I guess, uh, to be fair, if you're living in times where every day could be your last day, yeah, you might just have Thanksgiving every day. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, Although I, I would I, think in more times you wouldn't have the money to be doing that all the time. But that's true. Yeah. The family that we saw go in the bunker, they didn't look like... They, they almost reminded me of like the family from like... Um, Harry Potter, you know, that Harry lives with, like just the, the fat. Oh, man. yeah. Like, yeah. They, just, they just seem like goofballs, <laughs> like going into this old fallout shelter. So maybe they are eating good every night. I don't know. Right. Um, but then we get the doctor, and he, he's kind of trying to get the lay down of like what's going on. This is when he brings up the idea of like, wow, like it's, he says it's brilliant that you're doing that when the air yeah. is happening. You're running in and eating these nice meals for <laughs> all these people. <clears throat> and um, I love this too. He says, uh, you know, they say, well, why did you follow me? He says, I'm looking for a blonde. 
in a Union Jack shirt. And then he, <laughs> right. what does he say? He, uh, he says something about like a specific one, not just that I have the need for one or, <laughs> right. or the craving. That's what he says. I didn't just wake up this morning with yeah. a craving. <laughs> why would you say that to kids? I don't know why you would say that to kids. But I don't know. Those kids, they would have no idea. <laughs> no. He doesn't care. Um, and let's see. So after that is when we, we get the little kid comes to the window saying, mommy, mommy. Right. And uh, he's asking who that is. And then it shows Nancy. They go to the back door because Nancy says, did everybody shut the door? There's a door open. And she quickly runs over and locks the door. Mm-hmm. And then uh, this is when we first find out. Nancy says, this is not a child. Like, it appears that way, but it's not. And uh, Nancy basically tells everyone, get out of the house. We need to get out of here. And this is when you see the doctor kind of looking at this kid. And, and this is where it was kind of creepy because you could see the kid with this gas mask on the other side of the door. It reaches its hand or the kid reaches his hand through the door and he has this weird mark. Yeah, on his hand, right, and just keep saying, you know, please let me in, mommy, mommy, let me in. You know, are you my mommy? Yeah, and that's it for the dialogue for for this character. Like he even asks questions to this thing, like you know, who was your who was your mommy? Or and uh, um, you know, there's no mommy here. He kind of like tries to converse with this thing, and um. It doesn't uh, just keep saying that phrase over yep. and over. Yep. And this is where we learn too: you don't want to be touched by these things because if you are, right. you become like it. You'll become empty, right. like the empty, empty child. Is what she says, "Yeah." Yep. But and it's cool. Like now, like this is when like uh, they're still on the inside of the house, and that thing's still on the outside of the house. Now the phone rings, um, the right? Monkey. The the monkey clapping. Yeah. <laughs> from Toy Story Three, starts clapping. Uh, I think like the record player goes off. Mm-hmm. So this thing has like abilities. Mm-hmm. And can manipulate itself through electronics. It, yep. it seems so far. And uh, the doctor says, "Nope, no mummies here. Nobody here but us chickens." <laughs> Which I don't even know why he would I say don't chickens. Understand that? Yeah. But. He says, "Well, this chicken." And uh, actually, the little kid says, "I'm scared." And so uh, he starts to kind of scared of the bombs. Is yeah, that's that's yep. true. So kind of pulls him uh, pulls on the doctor's heartstrings, and uh, so the doctor says, "You know what? I'm going to do it." Opens the door like we talked about. Oh. I, I mean, hey, you're the doctor. Why not? You got the sonic screwdriver. Let's go. Opens right. the door. It's gone. No, nothing's there. Wow. Why? I I don't know. You were trying to get in. Uh-huh. And uh, this person is just about to let you in and you go the other way. I don't know. Yeah, that kind of confused it's me. It's like, is it chasing the kids? Did we learn that at the end? Like, is, is this really just chasing the kids? Because we do uh, learn that there were some other older adults and doctors that... <laughs> succumb to to this and of course we'll see the doctor later on not not doctor who but another physician i should say um kind of succumb to the gas yeah. mask emptiness or whatever you want to call right. it yeah i don't know that's a good question is, is it <clears throat> is it just going after any able-bodied person or is it specifically like the why would it leave him like does it maybe realize that he's not a vessel for it to take over maybe and that's why it leaves Right. I don't know. Just because it, it kind of realized like, oh, wait, he's an alien. He's different. This isn't going to work. Um, but then this is where we cut back to um, the uh, sex machine. S- <laughs> <laughs> to Rose and Jack. <laughs> and uh, they have their whole conversation. Jack saying he's in the Royal <laughs> Air Force. And then this is when he uses the psychic papers. And uh, they kind of realize, wait a minute. Um you, you know, you're not from here. You're not from here. And they kind of understand that they're actually traveling in time and that it is a spaceship. And she says it's very Spock. That's where she does use mm-hmm. the word Spock again. Um, and then let's see. <clears throat> when do they? 
I'm trying to think. Is Jimmy says, he mentions the I sort of agent? have a boyfriend called Nikki Smith. Yeah. I sort of have a sort boyfriend. Sort of. <laughs> Yeah, so she's ready to sense. she's ready to cheat on him, man. She wants to shag. She's ready to go. <laughs> yep. Um, this is when he calls her a time agent. He says, "I can spot a time agent a mile away," and she's like, "A time agent?" And he says, "I've been expecting one of you guys to show up." Um, and then this is when he says that he has he knows where this thing has crashed. Right? Is this where he says that? Um, but at oh, this, that he wants uh, to basically sell like how he wants to make a deal. Yeah. Uh, well, he kind of like cures her hands. Right, that's what she's like looking first. around and like her hands are burned from uh, the, rope burn. the terrible way she was hanging onto the rope. Yep. So he kind of um he kind of like ties her hands up and oh, I think yeah, there's right. a moment there where she's like, "Yeah, I like where this is going." <laughs> because my hands are getting tied up. And he uh He uses his sonic mini screwdriver. Mini screwdriver, yeah. yeah. His right. mini maglite. <laughs> um and like these what he calls them nanogens or something like that. Yeah, that's right. The he, robots in the air. Yeah, right. he hits like this this button on like the control panel, and then this like yellow orb kind of just forms in her hands and and cures her. Yep, that's He's right. Not- and then so before he even mentions the deal, that's when they pop the champagne and go up in front of Big Ben, which his ship has some active camo on it, which is pretty sweet. Which is pretty awesome. <clears throat> kind of reminded me of uh, what was it Independence Day? Weren't the ships like all camouflaged right. like up in the air? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, let's see. And then it cuts back to old, old, well, first Rose is getting ready to be smitten here, drinking some champagne. Yeah. Uh, cuts back to Nancy, um, going to hide some of the food and the, <laughs> the doctor follows her. He's right there. Yeah. He's right there. <laughs> and, uh, that's when he starts asking, um, kind of, you know, what was that thing? And, um, you know, she says, you know, I know you're not from here. I know you probably want to know what's going on, but you need, there's someone you need to talk to first. And he says, who might that be? And she says, the doctor. Immediately, I was thinking it was going to be Jack. Like, she was going to bring him to Jack or, like, some sort of uh. other time-traveling doctor. I wasn't thinking, like, an actual doctor-physician kind of involved. Yeah, I wasn't in either. Time frame, you know? I, yeah. <clears throat> because she he, – doesn't he ask her something about, like, you know, the thing that fell from the sky? And she kind of admits to it happening. Something happened, yeah. And, and like, she knows that it happened and – this thing, whatever it is, um, coincides with that thing crashing. This yep. thing going around saying, yeah. So he's like, I, I want to know what's going on. And she says, are you sure you want to, you know, it, it crashed somewhere. She gives a location. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I want to go there. And she goes, are you, you sure you want to go there? And he's like, you know, doesn't hesitate. And he's like, yeah, I want to go there. So <clears throat> she says, well, yeah, then that's where, where you said, you know, I think there's someone you should talk to first because it's heavily guarded, whoever's guarding it. And you have to talk to the doctor. I thought just, you know, I did not think it was going to be a normal like physician. I thought thought because now we're getting into other characters being time time, traveling. I thought it was going to be another doctor. I'm like, okay, here's an answer that we're looking for here. Um, But but it it didn't happen. No. (laughs) And that's okay. Yep. Uh, Cuts back to Rose and Jack on top of the ship. And then okay, this is where the deal comes out. So this is right. where when uh, Jack basically says, "Hey, are you are you traveling authorized. alone? Are you authorized to negotiate?" <clears throat> and um, you know, she says that could possibly be my companion. So he says, uh, "So let's uh, go find your companion." And, what did she uh, say? She, I love the answer she gives. She's like, "I delegate that stuff." <laughs> She's putting himself herself over, like in the hierarchy, over doc the doctor right now. Like delegate that stuff to him. <laughs> 
You don't delegate shit, no. woman. <laughs> no, she doesn't know this. She's just she's the one that just uh, is screaming and always looking for. You're him. along for the ride still right now. Yep. Uh, so he starts playing some Glenn Miller, which I thought was classic to be playing right. some Glenn Miller. Um, and then he starts offering the deal, basically saying that he has what one of the last Chula warships, right? A fully equipped Chula warship. Who the hell are the Chula? Um, I have the answer for that. If you want to wait to the end of the show, uh, bring it up now. It, it, bring it up now. A, I, need, okay. I need it now. I need the it's, answer now. It, it it's not a real warship that name came from the restaurant uh, that the creators of this doctor who apparently when they got the the okay and the approval to do this mm-hmm. um the creators went to that restaurant called the chula <clears throat> and sat down and hashed out what the season would be about gotcha so that is in reference to the restaurant that they went so to. there is no history with the original who chulas no no, there's no I, ships called that. Okay, I mean, I like. Just, I think that's a great idea of them coming up with that. But I want they need to deliver on the chulas. <laughs> so I like want some chulas, dude. Some chulas. Sounds like something I get at exactly at Chipotle. Like, <laughs> I'm a burrito. Oh, the uh, the big chula, <laughs> the Don Chula. Guy went undefeated for the Dolphins. Don Chula, best best Dolphins Don coach ever. Chula. <laughs> 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 oh, I love it. Uh, so yeah, so then you know this is when uh, Rose kind of realized, like, all right, so are you listening to what I'm saying? She says, you know, and he's he's ready, wants to go find the doctor, and um, he says, we're I'm going to sell you this thing. We're going to negotiate. We got to find your companion, and so uh, he's going to scan for some alien tech. And uh, I love this too, how Rose even says, like, finally a professional. And then yeah. we see these these binoculars come out, and I thought it was actually Jack pulling him out but no it's the doctor he's got mm-hmm. some amazing binoculars that he pulls out of his pocket that, of are, that i don't even know look like two little disc mans in his pocket um, taped <laughs> together and uh so he he starts looking they see the site of where this thing crashed there's some soldiers walking around you know looking like some world war ii soldiers <clears throat> and um that's when the doctor says to her you know um you've been looking after all these kids it's got to be because you've lost <clears throat> someone who did you lose and we find out she lost her brother, Jamie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, this show, man, for what it's worth, as silly and goofy as it is, it always still tries to pull on the heartstrings, doesn't it? Like, that's what yeah. I love. I mean, I know it's kind of cheesy. I know it's cheesy, but it's like, for if anything, I give the writers credit for still always trying to humanize and put some sort of emotion Right. Into every every character they write into the to the script, they, they try to do that. And with Nancy, You're they right. do that. They try to give her at least a motivation, other than just I'm just trying to help all these little kids. It's like, well, she's trying to help all these little kids because she's failed with her brother, and her brother came to the emptiness or whatever. I don't know what they end up calling all this. And so she knows she couldn't save him, so she's going to spend the rest of her time trying to save others. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I love it. I I think I think you nailed it. I think they. They know that they have, like right now, the, obviously the show's in its infancy, and they have this goofy little show, and they could have, I say little show, not, I mean, there's a back history to it, oh, yeah, too. Yeah. I'm not saying that. I'm just, you know what I mean? Like, they weren't the way sure that, if it was going to take off. Yeah, do a second very, very low budget. Um, but for them, like you're saying, to incorporate some some seriousness and like some humility into it, I give them credit for doing that. So it's it's not always just this goofy little time travel show. Like there's some really things that people can connect to, and this is 
her losing somebody is something that everybody can connect to. And so. then, I mean, that even leads into, you know, her saying, you know, we need to save him or, or you know, I was unable, unable to save him because the doctor says, you know, what happened? And she says, well, he went out at night kind of by himself. German air raid happened. What do you think happened? Yeah. And then he goes on this tangent that, <clears throat> you know, is really kind of appeasing to uh, or appealing to obviously British viewers because he, he says it's amazing. And she says, what? She said, it's 1941 right now, not very far from here. The German war machine is rolling across Europe. And, you know, all it's going to take, you know, country after country falling like dominoes. Nothing can stop it. Nothing until one little dump damp. I'm sorry, not dump. One little damp <laughs> island says, no, no, not here. And that's when England finally said no and joined the, you know, basically joined the fight and said, you're not taking us over. We're going to fight back. And then obviously you have the whole allies come in, the U.S. and all that. And boom, there you go. Right. It's just awesome, dude. Like they're tying. I love the time travel. I love them like pulling in these pieces. It's so great. Yeah. And even tells her, he goes, all right. He goes, I'm like basically I'm done. And you go, off you go. And he goes, go "Go, save the world. world." And I feel like he said that a couple of times to people. I can't. I can't remember specifics. But I don't know I if like maybe he, said, he hasn't specifically <laughs> said it, but you know he's inferred it. You know, even even to just right. the sim- like in Father's Day to the simple couple. You know, and they're kind of telling their story how they met. He's like, yeah. you are people that are like you're important. You're important. Right. That. Yep. Being exactly. important is saving the world. You're playing. You're you're doing your part. That is important to keeping yeah. things rolling forward. I mean, that's another thing, man. The show represents so much like that. You know, it yeah. it really brings. Just humanity to the front. I know as silly as it is to sound like say that about Doctor Who, but it really does. Um, then we get a scene of the Doctor going to the hospital where it's saying, danger, do not enter. And he's able to use a sonic screwdriver to break a lock. Did he? Does it actually break the metal or does I, it pop open? I'm trying to watch it uh, again. Let me see. Has he done that before? Like actually like. It uh, looks like it pops open, I want to say. Okay. Because when I first watched tough. it, I thought it actually like almost like cut it, and I'm like, "Has it's we ever seen because it's a, it's it's an old? I mean, the, I mean, it's like a a lock from this time Era, period. It's, yeah, it's not your normal like master lock. So, mm-hmm. uh, but it doesn't really look like it breaks too much. But I mean, either way, he breaks in, which is kind of cool. Like we yeah. haven't really seen that. I love uh, I love that the that. the screwdriver <laughs> can work on both like electronics <clears throat> and old ass locks. You know, at a hospital, which is crazy. Uh, so he goes into the Albion Hospital, which I don't know. Is there any reference to what that is? Is that like I, a hospital? I was thinking the same thing when I saw it. I didn't. Because the, the camera pan stayed on the name of that for a little while. I was like, I wonder it if people did. just know what this place is. Like, is it a famous hospital? Again, email us. Hit us on Twitter. Maybe a famous really hospital somewhere in England. Um, but then he goes into a room and there are kids all laid out on all the beds wearing <clears throat> gas masks and, and he's looking around, obviously very creepy, walking around the hospital, uh, ends up finding uh, Dr. Constantine. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, he says they're all here. They're all wearing the gas masks. They're all sick. He says, are you the doctor? And he says, yes, Dr. Constantine. And you are. And he says, well, Nancy sent me. And the guy knows who Nancy is. And starts telling him that basically this started when that bomb fell. And he says, if you touch their flesh, you turn into one of these. And he mentions how a lot of the doctors that did work on them, um, that happened. You know, that they all turned into these things. And and the doctor starts looking and realizes that there's, um, what, this mark on all their hands, which we saw on the little <coughs> boy's hand that was right. reaching through the door. And I like that Dr. Constantine calls it a plague 
of it. It was called Plague of Injuries or Plague of Marks. Yeah. I think that term that I used. think of injury in something like that, like injury by plague or something. Or so, I can't how how he worded it, but it was interesting. <coughs> he says, this, yeah, they've um, all got the same injuries. Yes. Exactly the same. Yes. Identical, all of them down to the scar on the back of the hand. And even the doctor at this point, this is when we see the doctor has it on his hand as well. He says, when the bomb dropped, there was just one victim. And he says, the guy was dead at first, yes, but his injuries were truly dreadful. And uh, by the following morning, every doctor and nurse who had treated him uh, had also uh, had those exact same injuries. So it was like one initial injury, and then everybody got it. So just a plague of injuries mm-hmm. hit everybody. I mean, that that's crazy, man. You so know, what do you think is going on here? Like, <clears throat> I don't know. I can't. Uh, you know the the the, the, the sci-fi aspect of this makes it makes it so it could go in any direction, and you you know can't figure this out at all. I don't know. But the fact that they all have the same injuries, it's physical injuries as the, a plague, is what the yeah. word they use. When you think of a plague, you think obviously it's a virus or a bacteria. Um, there never is a plague of physical injuries like i mean imagine if you have like a stub your toe plague everybody in the world stubs their toe at like, no that's not gonna happen it's so almost like is... voodoo or something like yeah. yeah i mean honestly you almost wonder like this thing crashed and and we, we learn at this point actually we did we not we didn't know at this point but we learned a little bit later that jack mentions that that tube was just trash right there was nothing in it right that's when they meet when they meet the doctor yeah towards and, the end, but you would so, think yeah. that something had to have been in it Right, whatever is causing this, you're led to believe at this point the crash and the weird kid coincided. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, well, that's at the very end of the episode. But mm-hmm. but right now, like this this PhD doctor, um, what he like knocks a garbage can or something, and they all pop up. They all like all the all the people in the beds just pop up. Yep. And don't do anything. They kind of just turn their heads and look at the doctor and um, PhD doctor. How are we going to differentiate these two? Doctor Constantine. Constantine. Yeah. Constantine just says like. No. He basically says it's all right. They're harmless. He's like they're they're just doing that. Like they react to a noise and they'll just sit up, but they don't mm-hmm. do anything. Creepy. Okay. Which, by the way, this guy. Just as a little aside, um, Constantine is in a fantastic movie with Bill Murray called The Man Who Knew Too Little. So if you want to see a fantastic, hilarious movie that's British, believe it or not, nice. uh, go watch that movie. It's awesome. Um, let's see. The doctor's telling him to go to the top floor to room 802. That's where they took the first victim. He said the one from the crash site. And the doctor, is sl- he, the physician, Dr. Constantine, is slowly going down. And then we have, I think, one of my favorite scenes that we've had up to this point of just ridiculous sci-fi. <laughs> I don't know what you want to call it. His face literally <laughs> turns into him wearing the gas mask. It goes from like looking like a platypus to looking yeah. like, I don't know, a crazy bug eye thing to just having the gas mask on his face. I don't it's know what's going cool. on there, man. It's cool. It's crazy. It's creepy. Wow. But is he proof that it doesn't happen automatically? True. Yeah. Or, or did he have maybe some antivirus that they've quickly conjured Ooh, up? Ooh, that's a good question. That's a good thing. I don't, honestly, I don't think so. I think it just shows you that it slowly happens. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean that could be. But he him, was able to suppress it somehow. But him, him saying "mummy" 
Those <laughs> first couple times were pretty comical. So good. And then, uh, are you my mummy? Mummy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then it's just weird to see. Yeah. I'm watching it right now. So uh, then the doctor That's leaves awesome. there and tries to go, I guess, up to room 802 or whatever to see what's going on up there. And he meets Rose and Jack in the hallway. And uh, Rose says, you know, oh, he knows about us. He knows that we're time agents. And the doctor says, oh, time agents, you know, kind of picking it on. And she says, uh, yeah. And then that's when uh, Jack says, oh, it's a real pleasure to meet you, Mr. Spock. <laughs> and he just looks at her. I, I just love the quick little eye glance he gives to Rose. Like, what? <laughs> Mr. Spock. But then what'd she say? What did she say right after that? Yep. She says, uh, don't you ever get tired of doctor? Doctor who? <laughs> Boom! We get it. Wrap it. Wrap the show. <laughs> done. Signing off. It was fun, everybody. Like, we yeah. finally got it. Like, as, as to why it is Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. That was a moment for me, man. It I'm was. Just, I know. I'm just saying. It, that was a really, really cool moment. And, and, and maybe, like, people who follow this show, maybe it's not really why it's called Doctor Who, but for yeah. me it is. For where we are with this show... Eight was just uh, eight, nine, nine episodes. It's nine nine episodes. episodes in, we got the reason why it's called Doctor Who, and <laughs> I, I just think that's great. I don't know why. I and it. right after that, he mentions he, she says, you know, Doctor Who, and he says, yes, nine centuries in, so nine hundred years. I'm coping. I'm coping. Yep. Where have you been? So there you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then you know she mentions how he's trying to basically sell them this uh, Chula warship. And you see him say Chula. Chula, right. The question's like, what? Right. And then uh, from there, it cuts back to Nancy in her house. And what's going on with her in her house? Why is it? Is she hiding? Um, Yeah, she's hiding because the kid got in the house. Isn't isn't this back at the the house where they had the the meal? Yeah. 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 So um, it's technically not her house, but it's like the house. And... The mummy kid starts walking around Follow again, her. and she dives underneath the uh, the dining room table. Mm-hmm. But then it goes back to the house, and and Jack is now the examining the bodies. Yep, and he's like, "How is this happening?" And now all Doctor Who wants to know is what kind of Chula ship landed here. Yep. So now we're kind of going down that road. That road. Yep. Yep. And uh, he says, what kind of ship? He says, somewhere a bomb's going to fall on it unless we make an offer. He says, what right. kind of warship? He said, does it matter? It has nothing to do with this. And uh, he says, this started at the bomb site. It's got everything to do with it. Mm-hmm. So whatever is happening, it is. And the doctor wants to know what kind of warship is it. And then uh, Jack says, look, uh, that's what you chase through the time vortex. Um, it was just nothing. It was space junk. He said, I wanted to kid quickly. you. It was valuable, but it's completely empty. Do you think this thing, it couldn't have been empty, right? I mean, it had to have had something in it that immediately escaped and caused this. Like, I'm, I'm almost thinking in my head, who are the people that were in the uh, the Dickens episode? In the, what in what the do Dickens? you mean? Like, the, they were like the gas people. The Gelf? The gelf? I, almost, I almost wonder if... Pity the Gelf? It's that, that type of being where it's like a, a miss so the, immediately when this thing hit it was almost like a gas bomb went off and poof, it just left and immediately went into the closest thing near them whatever it hit so it must have hit jamie right if it started with a kid 
so we can maybe think because because Nancy says what happens in a bomb raid something falls on you and right. you know or, you don't don't say that but of course you're gonna die from a bomb instead <clears throat> this thing landed on Jamie caused the injuries of the head and and the the mark on the hand and all that but embodied his dead body and now is going around and every person it touches it's either somehow putting a piece of itself into them right. And kill, and right. really, ultimately killing them because we find out each of these bodies don't have heartbeats. They don't have heartbeats. Right. There's no life signs at all. Yeah, they're like Walking Dead. So it kills them and then turns them into Walking Dead. Right. And we don't know a lot about Jack right now, so we don't know. You know, he might not be all that bright. And I'm sure he thought whatever because he says he goes, "I shot it out at you to get you to chase it." Yeah. And they took the bait basically, and. In the beginning, when the doctor's saying like it's jumping tracks, yep, it very well could have picked something up on the way. So maybe in the beginning it was empty, was empty, yeah. And then as it's jumping through time tracks, whatever that means, uh, <laughs> it it you know something hitchhiked and grabbed it, and when it crashed, it could take over from what you're saying, mm-hmm. crashed into Jamie, and now he's. The embodiment of whatever it picked up on the way. Mm-hmm. We just figured it out. Go Got on. it. Got it. And then uh, let's see. It cuts back to Nancy and the little boy pointing at her, which is a great photo of the little boy pointing. I love that. Where? Wait, wait a minute. So, Whether in the house, like she's in the house, and she kind of like is hiding under the table. She thinks it's gone. Yeah. And the little kid's like, "Are you my mommy?" He like catches her, boing, points, shuts the door. Yeah, man. He's pointing like, at her. That was cool because now, like, we knew he had powers to manipulate technology. Yep. But he's got like superhuman powers. Like, yeah. he, like she makes a run for it, and he just turns around and points and door shuts. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh shit, man! Is it the Dark anime. Phoenix? Hmm. <laughs> is Jean Grey the is little Jean, boy? Is Jean Grey or infiltrated Doctor? Is this is this Legion? Looking for Jean? No, no, I don't know. that wouldn't be Legion. I'm sorry, that'd be X Man. It'd be X Man. X Man is the one X-Man. that's Jean Grey's. That's uh, Jean Grey's kid. Yeah. Um, but so she realizes it's Jamie, right? Isn't that the little boy is is her, her brother, right? Doesn't well, she one, say, thing, it's me, Nancy. one thing that we didn't say was when uh, – uh, what's his name? The doc, doctor – Constantine. Constantine says, um, yeah, someone's up on the third floor, 802, and go find Nancy. She knows more than what she's telling you. Yeah. Remember he said that? He did. Like, she, like he, she's not being – completely honest with you more or less and you think so, it's her brother is she, i think she's known all along it's her zero. Brother. she's known all along it's yeah him. because yeah where we are now is she basically gets trapped in this room and um it, it cuts back and forth between uh dr rose and jack in that hospital room and um nancy with her brother and now the people in the beds have sprung up and now mm-hmm. they're walking. Now they're mobile Yep. and they're kind of like trapped and she, then they go back to the house and Nancy's saying, you know, you're dead, Jamie, you're dead. So she knows it's him. Mm-hmm. I'm she your knows. sister. You're dead. Right. And that's where the episode ends. Um, mm. But then we had something interesting and we can get to it here in the, in the, um, Trivia in that, but they do, they actually, they do a next time on, but they saved it for after the credits because this is a two-parter. And if you remember, what which episode was it? The um, 
the World War Three with yeah. the Slatheen. The Slatheen. That was the one where they they did the next time on right they after, watch. and people were pissed because yeah. it basically spoiled what was what was to come. So <laughs> really this did. This time they held it till after the the uh, credits, and so we get our next time on. You know, there is stuff to talk about here. It's Volcano Day. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Uh, the doctor just, you know, he's he's on a mission, <laughs> as always. Uh, we have some of the military coming in. We see a bunch of the um, people walking around on the gas mask outside. They're basically a big invasion. They get to the device, uh, whatever the device is. And uh, I think that's kind of it, right? There isn't really much shocking. You know, kinda, never is. <laughs> yeah. Well, well no, nah, sometimes <laughs> some of these are a little bit wacky. But this one is more kind of, I think, par for the course of what you would expect. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, so that that's the episode. I, but there's was, so many of those like gas mask people now. Like there's tons of them. It's almost like V for Vendetta, like them walking out with yeah, the masks. Yeah, with the masks. On. Yeah. And it's just so there's more than than like have they always been there or have they just multiplied recently? Like since the end of this episode, I don't know. Oh. Um, let's see. I looked up. Yes. Yeah, so what, what do you got for trivia on this one, man? Well, I looked up Albion. Oh, hospital? Hospital as well, yeah. yeah. Wow. Oh, wait a minute. Is it a real place? Uh, so it was located near Limehouse Green Railroad Station during the 20th and 21st century, and that's exactly what she says. She says that. Yeah, so it might just show. be a real place that just... Yeah, and in the 20th century, in 1941, the hospital was where the child's plague started, a disease that turned into victims in the gas mask zombies in the Doctor Who episode... So in 2005, Albion Hospital was also the set in which many of the victims, the wave of bombings was struck London around the same time they there were treated. Go. So I, I, but I don't know. It's like, I don't know. What do you, what it's, do you got? Uh, it's a place. It's a place. It's a place. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got for some uh, trivia? You got anything good? Uh, let's see here. So. Um, yeah, so, we, you know, we, we meet Jack Harkness yep. and who would become the recurring character in Doctor Who and is the lead character in Torchwood. Wow. We went and finally watched the season one trailer of Torchwood because we kind of figured that we probably should do that. Whew. What the hell is going on? Wow. I, I, I First thing I said to Chris is I said, I think we need to start another show at some point where we are breaking down Torchwood. <laughs> How many seasons of Torchwood happened? I have no idea. All right. All right. It's got to be what, dude, probably like three or four maybe. I don't know. Do you remember what movie was it when the, the trailer was um, the hurricane heist? Oh, my God. Yeah. And at the end of it, you're like, what the heck is going on? That was me in Torchwood, this Torchwood trailer. <laughs> I don't know what the heck is going on. Um, but anyway, so uh, viewership. This is interesting. Up until now, it's been hovering just over like 8 million per episode. Mm-hmm. This one dipped like almost a million people. Wow. This one had 7.11 million people. 41 so, episodes of Torchwood, sorry. Four seasons. Four, 40, four seasons? Four seasons, yeah. Okay, all right. We'll do that after. We'll do that in four years. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, like, I wonder if people are getting like Dr. Who fatigue, uh, did this air during something, maybe like a soccer match or something like that? I don't know. (laughs) It's football, Chris. Uh, May 21st, 2005, this thing 
that you know what my birthday is may 26th so they were probably like you know what we need need to focus on mark's birthday (laughs) in a few days and that's why um the early versions of the script quoted this episode's title as being an empty child. This is a reference to, quote, an unearthly child, the very first episode of Doctor Who. Ah, nice. Yeah. Um, the sound of Dr. Constantine's skull cracking as his face changes into the gas mask was considered too horrific <laughs> in its full form by the pro- uh, production team and was cut before the broadcast. Mm. Kind of interesting. Um, Captain Jack's line explaining the nanogens, that those things that healed Rose's uh, hands. Hands, yep. Uh, was not audible in either the original or repeat broadcast on CBC television in Canada. And I feel like Canada has had a lot of problems trying to put this show on the air. There. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Canadian television. Yeah. Um, uh, a couple more. So writer Stephen Moffat says in the DVD commentary for this episode that the doctor's reply to Rose asking him what she should call him, which is Doctor Who, was originally going to be, I'd rather have a Doctor Who than Star Trek, which was a dig at Star Trek. Nice. Yeah, which I've never watched an episode of that either. Oh, so. There's another one. I'm, we'll I'm get on to that one in like 10 years. Um, the Chula Ships, I talked about those. It was mm-hmm. a restaurant that they went yep. to to discuss Don Chula. the season. Don Chula. Um, and then, let's see. <laughs> kind of, you know, just like some some reviews, and I'm not going to go over them, but they, this was, you know, all along, like I said in the beginning of the episode, like they, this one was always referenced in the best ones. And kind of to drive that point home, they said in a poll conducted by Doctor Who magazine, this was in 2009. So we got four seasons out at that point, right? Yep. Um, the two-part story was ranked fifth of best Doctor Who episodes. And in 2014, readers ranked this two-part story as the seventh best of all time. That's awesome. So That's crazy. Did you see, too, you, you might have wrote this down. Uh, it also mentioned that in 2006, um, this the two-parter won the Hugo Award for yeah. Best Dramatic Presentation, which the Hugo Award, I looked that up here while, while we were going through, is some world science fiction society. And okay. they, they offer these Hugo Awards every year for um, short films and then, of course, long, long format. And it won. So, I, you know, I think that's what it is about this episode is because now it feels like it's just kind of hitting its stride. Like we had these, the first eight episodes where especially the first like three, four, you kind of had to set the stage for kind of what's going on for people that didn't know like what Doctor Who was. And then you had kind of these other little episodes in there. But this one just like hits it, man. Like it really gets into the creepy. Yeah. It gets into the sci-fi. It gets into just the the weirdness of, hey, here's this this time and place that you think you know, but there's just these other things happening there. Right. Um, and then on top of that, bringing in just the fact that we have another time traveler thrown in the mix now. That it's really just messing with our with our minds almost. Like right. when he said, when I when, dude, when I heard him say, "Shut off your cell phone," immediately I was like, "Something's not right here." Like there's yeah. not. And then when he says, "You know, I'm I'm a time traveler, like just like you," I was like, "Whoa, I don't know." I, I know, know we're, go. we're like kind of like peeling away the layers now. You know Slowly, what I mean? Like we're getting a little man. little a little deeper. And because what else? I mean, you can only go so long going to like where rose wants to go and you know that that would just get yep. boring after a little while let's mm-hmm. let's let's kind of do some now we you know start getting crazy right <clears throat> i love it so. 
Uh, all right. Well, let's wrap up this episode. Uh, Chris, next time we're going to be breaking down the doctor dances. And so this, of course, is the follow-up, the, the two-parter. And uh, here's the summary. I want to read the summary because we, we're going to do that from now on. It says, uh, the child's plague, so it is definitely called, the child's plague is spreading throughout the wartime London and its zombie army is on the march. The Doctor and Rose form an alliance with an intergalactic con man, Captain Jack, but find themselves trapped in the abandoned hospital. The answer lies at the bomb site, but time is running out. And that is not Captain Jack Sparrow. <laughs> that is Captain Jack Harkness. Just want to throw that out there. Johnny Depp is not in the next episode, although I'm sure Rose would love Johnny Depp to be in that next episode. I'm sure she would. Um, um, and then, you know, just going off the uh, the image that they show, for the next one, the Boomtown is the crazy woman, mm-hmm. the Slatheen, and then episode twelve, the title Whoa, is Bad, Bad Wolf is Bad Wolf. And did you see anything Bad Wolf? I in this paused episode? it. I paused it as much as I could. Like when there's the sign that was on the house, it's just but it said something like you know, leave us alone or we don't live here anymore, yep, or something I, like that. I, Nothing. I, bad yes, wolf. exactly. Yeah, I thought that was gonna be it, but no. And then even um, when the doctor just when we were watching it again as we were doing the show here, thinking of him going to the hospital, maybe there's something on the front of the hospital. Didn't see it. So if you saw any reference to Bad Wolf in this episode, you can email us. Email us, the TardyTardis podcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at TardisTardy or you can follow us on Instagram and even hit us up there maybe with a picture of it at TardyTardis podcast. And all those links you can find in the show notes uh, for this episode. Now, do us a favor, guys. If you listen on, or actually whatever service you listen on, leave us a rating and a review there if you can. If you are on iTunes, leave us a written review if you can. And we did it a few episodes ago. We we read the reviews on the air at the beginning. We'll do that again. If you guys send us, or if you write us a review, we'll read it on the air at the top of the, of the following episode. So uh, do that. You can have your name shouted out here on the show. And of course, emails too. We're looking for you guys' emails. Uh, we'd love to hear from you because... Man, this is this is a journey. We're already we're already nine episodes in, man. I feel like we've been doing this for like six months already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's crazy. Yep. Oh, it's funny. But uh, all right. Well, anything here, Chris? At the end here, you want to throw nah, out there? I'm I'm. I mean, we don't got to get to it now because it might take some effort. But I'm looking up to see uh, if there's a bad wolf reference in this episode. Okay. So if I can find it, we'll. Yeah, well, email us, guys, if you do find it. Or again, like I said, hit us up. So everybody, thank you as always here for tuning in and making us a part of your week or your day or your run or your exercise, however you're tuning in to us. Thank you so much. And we will be back on the next episode where we will be talking about part two, the Dr. Dances. Mm -hmm. Take care, everyone. Catch you next time.